I believe with every fibre of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit, the final countdown. I'm Rebecca Hudson and this week I'm joined by Jordan Byrne, chairman of the campaign group Conservatives for a People's Vote. Hello and welcome. Hello, Rebecca. Thank you very much. Uh, so the group whose mission is to put bre- uh, any Brexit deal back to the British people, supported by the likes of Justine Greening, who unfortunately is stepping down, and Dominic Grieve, is that right? Uh, yes, it is, yeah. We're also joined by a man in <laughs> Brussels, Europe editor Joe Barnes. Hello, Joe. Hello. Okay, so chaps, we've got 86 days until Brexit, but before that we've got an election in 35 days, so uh, we will be disturbing nativity plays and Christmas fairs uh, before any of us get to enjoy any mulled wine. So let's begin. Are you ready? <laughs> So we're off. Boris is uh, off to meet the Queen today to dissolve Parliament, uh, and then the fun can really begin. Uh, I imagine you both were watching eager, eagerly. Joe Swinson and Jeremy Corbyn launching their campaigns yesterday. It felt very familiar, would you say, Jordan? Um, yeah, uh, C- Corbyn obviously loves a, uh, a campaign, not so much uh, parliamentary chicanery, but more he, he feels more at home when, when he's campaigning. Um, we've, we've got a Tory launch today. Obviously, the spread... In the um, in the Daily Telegraph, uh, that was <laughs> yeah. uh, particularly interesting. I, I'm, I'm not sure what, what the what the goal is with that. If anything, I think it might. I think if your pull quote inclo- includes referencing Kulags, it really is a niche and kind of weird interview. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, it's quite niche, and um, it's it, it's taking you um, down a road that I'm I'm not, I'm not sure the Conservatives want to be going down. I mean, we, we've we've got this whole. Um, what's it called, the Project Fear that was built around the referendum campaign. I think as soon as you start comparing your political opponents to Stalin and yeah. <laughs> his, um, yeah, all, all that kind of stuff, you it, it, it's a bit interesting. It is interesting. I think, yeah, I mean, that we can talk forever, I think, about the... How, uh, the appalling nature of political discourse in this country. Maybe that can be a, a follow-up bonus episode podcast. Oh, um, so you saw Corbyn, we also saw Joe jo Swinson, who reminded us that she can do a better job at being a Prime Minister than Johnson or Corbyn. It really didn't feel like anyone was saying anything new, did it, Joe? Um, not particularly, no. So we've got Jeremy Corbyn is launching a campaign based on renegotiating the Brexit deal. So that'll be a third Brexit deal for the British people to look at. And then he wants to put it back to the people which mm. wouldn't be too far from what Jordan wants to achieve. Well, we're going to find but out want to what's motivating Jordan shortly. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to do this in a uh, in a in a time period before June next year. So, um, yeah, that's Corbyn's saying quite uh, he'll get it done in six weeks, six months, not six weeks, Christ, no, six months, uh, which was pretty punchy yeah. stuff. Um, exactly. So, so that was kind of yesterday. I just, yeah, I mean, I it was nothing that was particularly surprising. But I thought what was uh, particularly damning about yesterday, and it's still running this morning, and rightfully so, were um, Jacob Rees-Mogg's uh, remarkable comments on LBC about the victims of the Grenfell tragedy, saying that it would be common sense to evacuate it from the burning building. Um, took a little while, didn't it? And then he apologised. Um, and then Andrew Bridgen, who is a friend of the podcast, uh, came out to bat for him on Radio 4. I'm sure you heard that, Jordan. Uh, praising him as clever and a leader. Uh, it was pretty nauseating stuff. And Stormzy, who I think voice maybe... Of reason. Who actually is the voice of... Who I think maybe should be elected <laughs> as Prime Minister, uh, was kind of one of millions of people kind of 
adding to the chorus of disapproval. Um, guys, this kind of thing, is it going to haunt, is this going to haunt the Tories? Uh, could it hurt the Tories? Or do you think that this news cycle is moving so rapidly? I mean, that's only one of three or four scandals that are dogging the Tory GCHQ this morning, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, which we can get on to. I mean, what do we think? Like, it, it just, it, yeah. I mean, I don't think gaff is the right word for it. No, um, I, I, I mean, I think we're in such an extraordinary state that, that as you said, a gaff, quote unquote, like this, uh, could just be swept under the rug because we're in such a, a fast time, fast-paced political cycle right now. Right. I mean, look, Jacob Rees-Mogg's comments were, I, I, I think, bad enough and, and, and fairly outrageous. But for Andrew Bridgen to come in hours after the event, uh, to come bumbling in um, after Jacob Rees-Mogg had already distanced himself and said, "Look, this was." I'm, very sorry, I didn't mean to say like that, sound like this. Mm. And to uh, and to say, yeah, I mean, uh, wh- wh- what was it? Was when, when the interviewer said, well, so was Jacob Rees-Mogg implying that he was smarter than the people? Yeah. And he's like, I mean, yeah, we yeah. want smart people I'm running our country, right? Yeah. yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, you're completely right. I mean, if Andrew Bridgen is the guy coming in to mop up for your bad mistakes, I, I think you might be in trouble. Joe, what's your eggs? Um, what's interesting is I think Grenfell is going to continue plaguing the Conservative Party. So Theresa May was obviously criticised for not meeting victims of the fire. Um, then back to Stormzy, our uh, UK recording artist, who has had many a UK number one. Um, he was at the Brits Awards that he asked, basically did a did a song about Theresa May. You can call it money. a freestyle. We can use those words. We're comfortable on this podcast. I'm trying to bring, make sure our audience understand. So, yeah, he did a freestyle about Theresa May and asking where the money for Grenfell is. And then we're coming back full circle. So it's, it's this kind of never-ending issue for the Conservative Party. And it's exactly what they don't want. They wanted to fight this election on Brexit. And actually, we're finding that other external issues are actually starting to catch them up again. Mm. But that's, uh, I, I think, I, I just interject there. I think that's kind of exactly why uh, our our campaign group, uh, Conservative People's Vote, say that this is just the worst way to solve the Brexit issue. I mean... <laughs> Having an election yeah, or absolutely, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Well, I mean, Jacob Rees-Mogg <laughs> <laughs> uh, making yeah. these... Kind of, yeah, again, so like th- these... Um, this is self, self-imposed. I mean, Grenfell will, uh, I think, and should uh, be an issue until it's rightly and properly resolved. Um, but this is very much uh, a, a problem of... I mean, now the Conservative Party's making, but of Rhys Mogg's making. Um, but, but back to the point, I think that if you're going to have... Uh, if, 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 if The Conservative Party obviously wants to solve this uh, in, in, an, in an election rather than a referendum. You're talking about the Brexit deadlock they want to solve. Well, yeah, they, well, I mean, they want, to, they, they want to move the country forward. They'll solve the Brexit deadlock uh, via an election because they think that it's the best way to get some kind of majority uh, and then to move forward from that rather than, uh, quote-unquote, wasting time uh, in, a, in a referendum. But as soon as you take this kind of issue into an election, you open yourself up to all these other problems, especially in the middle of winter as well, when you could, uh, for the last few years, we've seen problems with the NHS that could um, affect the way people vote. Um, as we saw in 2017, you cannot run an election on one issue. Mm. It just doesn't work like that. So it's inevitably uh, going to have these problems coming up. Um, obviously, the issue for the Conservatives right now is that they're coming up, I mean, frequently, one after the other. At 10 o'clock news last night was first... Um, the first issue was Alan Cairns and the Jonathan Wells. Then you have Jacob Rees-Mogg, and you've got the fake news with the uh, doctored video. It's just a really, really bad start. But again, I, 
this is what happens in an election. This is the danger. This is why we want to solve it in a referendum. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, kind of you raised two really interesting points there, trying to solve Brexit through an election, whereas obviously you're keen for a second vote. But then just, yeah, I mean, it's been a bad morning to be uh, James Cleverly, especially. I mean, oh. he's been the one sent out this morning to um, deal the with this. The whipping boy. The whipping boy having <laughs> to deal with you. You mentioned it, the GMB. Keir Starmer was on GMB yesterday. The Tory put, Tories put out a heavily edited version of the interview to make him look, make it look even worse than he, make it make Keir Starmer look even worse than he kind of already was. Um, so poor James Cleverly's out having to apologise for that. Um, and then we've got the ongoing saga with the government uh, deciding to delay the publishing of the Intelligence and Security Committee report on Russian interference in UK democracy until after the election. I mean, it is just um, a free, f- I mean, it's kind of... Chaos. Oh, it was, it was absolute chaos. I mean, the idea that um, the, the the Russian report is not absolutely in the public interest is is, is outrageous to begin with. But but again, the idea that this can be put off to after the election, mm. um, the government can't distance himself from that. I mean, the vote leave campaign was run squarely by the by the prime minister and the uh, obviously the, the the chief advisor to the prime minister and Michael Gove. So. Um, I mean, I'm behind Dominic Groove on this one. I think that, that it's absolutely in the public interest. It should come out before the election. Yeah. Um, and, and and the idea that they're putting it off is, is really quite worrying. Do you think this is an issue, Jordan, that is this going to... Does it matter, though? Like, do you think voters are thinking about anything other than Brexit? I mean, you're right, all these other, you know, NHS spending, uh, social care, Grenfell, all these kinds of things, these issues arise and they get asked about it. But do you think something like delaying the report of a... Uh, delaying the publishing of a report into Russian interference. Does this matter on the doorstep? And Joe, it would be great to hear your thoughts as well, because I believe you have a doorstep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I hope that that it does. I mean, mean, what state are we in as a country where where people don't care about the publishing of such a significant report? And as you said, there's so much going on Mm. that that it could just be uh, swept under the carpet or the the doormat. (laughs) But I, I just... I think that maybe not. It might not get through, but there are other things um, that will certainly get through and, 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 and provide lots of problems to the Tories. Okay, so you are a Tory. I thought we've done a lot of Tory bashing for the for the first <laughs> fourteen minutes of this podcast, um, but it's probably too easy sometimes. So he, Boris is out, and he's going to announce. He's it's the big it's the big day. It's the firework display for Boris. This is what he's a natural born campaigner. What are you looking forward to? What are you expecting from the speech? As a conservative, which you are, I've read your Twitter bio. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, so, I mean, this is the issue. We get we get asked a lot. Are you really conservatives? Why don't you just join the Lib Dems? Uh, you're not a conservative. The first po- the first point of conservatism is democracy, and if you can't even uphold a democratic vote, then you're not a conservative. I mean, I identify myself as centre right economically, uh, more fiscally conservative, but socially liberal. And there's definitely space in the Conservative Party. Um, I mean, they've uh, all left. You know that none of them are standing. This is the issue right now. That, uh, um, so, uh, we're coming on to the question of what I think of Johnson's speech in a minute. But I am and have been a conservative. Whether, whether I'm a conservative um, in 2019 mm. <laughs> is probably something that I'd have to think quite hard about. Yeah. Um, but we are. You know, we, we get asked to leave. But, but where, where do we go to? I mean, is Dominic Grieve a liberal Democrat? I, I mean. We're not into labels in this podcast. We're post-label. Oh, we post-label. Great. Yeah, I think you uh, have to be. Well, not, yeah. Um, but so, but you are a conservative. So, uh, sort of Brexit policy aside, you know, thirty-three point nine billion pounds for local nature services, funding, school funding, uh, new police officers, this kind of stuff, which we're expecting Boris to announce formally. State is that? Does that excite you? What I do mean, you think, Joe? It'd be great for you to come in as well. Yeah, I mean, Joe. No, Jordan, you, you're the guest. Uh, you go, get to go first. first. Oh, but I'm yeah, just, remi- Jordan, I'm just reminding Joe that he's on the clock. Um. So, 
I, th- I, think, I think the issue that I have with that is that we, we've, we've spent the last 10 years telling the country that austerity is necessary. And we've cut funding across the board. Um, and I think when you go into such uh, a heavy recession, I mean, the biggest since the Great Depression of the, 20, uh, the 30s, um, these, these kind of uh, cutbacks in, spendings are in spending was necessary. And that's what we told people. So if just as we're about to go into elect- an election, uh, we start to turn the spending taps on um, with 30 billion. I mean, th- again, we cut the police in the first place. And now we're saying, hang on a minute, we have got all of a sudden 20,000 police that are going to go onto the mm. streets. Um, I, I mean, they're it, just the ones that you guys what got What was the riddle? point? Well, I mean, this is it, right? But what was the point of all that austerity for, for 10 years? And for what a lot of people would say caused the... The, the, the Brexit vote in, in the first place, people feeling disenfranchised, left behind. Um, if we're just going to turn the spending taps on in, yeah. in what looks like a cynical you're e- doing election, a, you're doing a great job at not sounding like oh, a Tory, Jordan. And, I, and for the benefit <laughs> of the podcast, otherwise we're all just going to agree with you. There must be something that Boris is going to say today that's going to that excites you. Come well, on. I, I have already confirmed I, <laughs> that I'm not going to vote Conservative. I'm campaigning for the Independent Conservatives. Um, so who people would, who, like Dominic Grieve. Dominic Grieve. Um, yep. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are standing down. I'm not, I'm not sure if David Gork said he's going to stand yet. Uh, Ed Vasey, just about 20 minutes ago, although he's currently a Conservative, said he's not going to stand. Philip Hammond last night yeah. said he's not going to stand. So there's not really much campaigning no. that I can do. I'm not going to be campaigning for the Lib Dems, not going to be campaigning for Labour Gothic. You're answering, you're taking all my questions away from me later <laughs> on. So Boris's speech, it doesn't sound like much is going to set you alight. I mean, we've got... I, I, I think that Boris has um, positioned himself... In not a bad position. He's 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 he's, he's identified the, the positions of which the public are concerned about, which with violence on the street, with the police, with underfunding of hospitals. Um, but it seems like the, I mean hospitals. That's Corbyn's territory, right? So uh, the Conservatives are not normally particularly comfortable in that kind of mm. area. Crime, yeah, but the conversation is not on crime right now. It's being driven by. I don't know, like privatization of the NHS, and then we're going to get sold out to America, mm-hmm. which is again. So, so th- this is I come back to, an election is not the right way to solve this because you cannot just control the narrative around Brexit. Corbyn has, so far at least, or at least the the, the Labour Party have run a fairly effective campaign, at least in the first week, of bringing the conversation into the areas where they feel most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. You might not you might not think it's the right way to solve the kind of Brexit impasse or whatever, but it's pretty hard to argue that this that the, it, the you know it's a bin- we are a binary divided Montague and Capulet nation, aren't we? You either voted Remain or you voted Leave, um, and that and that's kind of become the new tribal split. Maybe before once once upon a time, maybe you were you were a Labour or a Tory, but now you're a Leaver or a Remainer. Do you buy? Do you believe that? No, I, no. I, I, I think it, I think it's funny that uh, that we say we're a binary Remain and Leave. When of course uh, we, we're not. You know, there are lots of different versions. Oh, there were those well, the, the five people that don't right. mind. I mean, come on, <laughs> I'm the five people that don't mind. Um, but uh, th- there are also um, lots of different types of Remainers as well. Like so, you have so for example, I am a Remainer, uh, and I've never tried to hide that. Um, I think there are reasons why we need a public uh, people's vote, so-called people's vote, uh, to resolve this issue that aren't just about staying in Europe. I think there are uh, th- there are questions around demogra- democratic legitimacy. Uh, which we can go into. But in terms of um, the, the country being divided down the middle, we've got, um, again, as I said, lots of different types of, um, of leave. Um, so some people would have voted for, um, you know, 
raising tariffs on goods that come into the country. Some people would have voted for neoliberal, uh, radical uh, dropping of, like, so Jacob Rees-Mogg says, we don't need tariffs from the EU, even if we have no deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's quite dangerous to create that kind of, in an already fractured country, to say we're deeply divided down the middle, leave versus remain, because, of course, it's a spectrum. There's not just federalists uh, on, on one side of the remainers, and it's not just um, no-dealers on the other side. It's, okay. it's, it's much more okay. uh, nuanced than but that. So you are a fiscally conservative, socially progressive remainer, who, and so rather than just revoking... Article 50 and just us getting that. How much was it just yesterday, Joe? I don't know if you remember that Joe's... What was the be- the, brick, uh, the Remain bump that we're going to get? Is it 50? £50 billion pounds yeah. would be Remain dividend. The Remain dividend. I, f- I love that. Um, it's like the old... Yeah, this is... Put that on a bus. Um, and, and so rather than just revoking Article 50 straight off the bat, um, Jordan, and, and voting Lib Dem, you instead would want... A referendum on Br- Boris's most recent deal? Would you oh. like to renegotiate a different treaty? Uh, yeah, treaty. No, no. I, I think look, look, any any kind of so so so, that, so p- the the public voted for leave, and it was incumbent then on the government to decide what that leave meant, right? So I, I if the government have come up with a deal that uh, that they can support and they will be happy to campaign for and will broadly unite whatever remaining of the Conservative Party afterwards, then that deal should be put to the country. I don't back revoking Article Fifty. Um, I, I, I just think that that's the Lib Dems trying to out-remain the Labour Party and to find their own niche within that. Okay. Um, but, it, but yeah, I, I, I th- and, and back, really quickly, back to the whole we're a binary country, leave and remain, divide us more than conservative. Yeah, you hated conservative. that comment, didn't you? No, 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 I'm, uh, just, just, <laughs> just <laughs> I, I forgot what I was going to say, I've remembered it now, okay. but yeah, so it, it's... There are 40% of, of the Conservative... The people that voted Conservative in 2015, 40% of those vote, went on to vote Remain in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think still 33% of those Remainers in 2017 would still vote for the Conservative Party now. So the, uh, And it's the same with Labour. You've got 25% Labour leavers or that th- th- won't move to the Brexit Party or and, and won't move to the Conservative Party. Um, and you've got these people. We, we talk about the the Workington man. Um, these people in ex-mining towns have never voted Conservatives in their life. So the Conservative strategy here is to chase them and try and, and and assume that they won't lose so many Remainers in you know the southeast and London. Um, uh, so hold on to the thirty three percent or whatever's left of the Tory Remainers and to go after these people that have never voted Conservative in their life. So we say that, that the new divide is remain and leave and therefore an election will be a de facto second referendum. I, I, I don't buy that. But you that. just proved that it will because you're saying that traditionally Labour leave, sorry, traditional Labour areas are now going to forget kind of their 30, no, 40 I, tribal years of kind of resisting Thatcher, the mines being closed, yeah, the yeah. north-south divide. You're saying that we're, they're prepared to forget no, all I of that no, no, I said to that vote Conservative Not, to deliver I said Brexit. That was the issue. I said these people won't vote Conservative to deliver Brexit. You they don't got, think it will work? No, no, absolutely not. No, I think, that, I think a few of them will. Because a few, there's no doubt about it. There's, I don't know, a certain percentage of the country okay, who are Joe, now defined by these two. Joe, you've got to come in here. This is madness. I, do. Um, so I, I, I was <laughs> flicking, I was flicking through some of the kind of photos from the Brexit party rally yesterday, and they were in Bolsover, they were in Ashfield, um, they were in these Labour Leave seats, and they seem to be attracting this quite small audience of kind of people middle aged and above. Um, all male and white. So it's a kind of a very distinct one way of looking at it. So to tell me that for them to 
that's the Brexit Party kind of pledge. They're going to plough in and try and steal all these Labour leavers away from the Labour Party. But it just doesn't look like they're actually attracting these huge, huge crowds mm. and hordes. And it kind of makes me think, like, the, the majorities aren't 60%, 50%. They're, they're kind of like a 40% split for these Labour MPs. So is there still a lot of Remainers in these seats that will just back the Labour Party because they are Labour voters and they will never vote for the Conservative Party? They'll never vote for a Brexit party that's headed up by kind of two Thatcherite kind of politicians in Nigel Farage and Richard Tyus. So it's, is that tactic going to work or is it only going to detract from the Tory vote and split that vote where the Tories think they can win? Yeah, I think um, it, 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 it's very interesting. I, 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 I really can't see, um, because if you actually look at the Labour vote in these areas, um, I, 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 I'm not sure exactly on the statistics, maybe someone could jump in and, help and, and, and say... But there are no most, statistics in this yeah, room. Well, there we go. <laughs> um, most of the Labour vote in these heartlands were voted to remain anyway. I think a, a, a lot of the a, a lot of the voters that were leave would would have voted for other parties in 2017, in 2015, anyway. So um, I mean, so, so the idea that so, that British tribalism in politics is ending here. I mean, we've got a deeply tribal two-party system. Um, so I, I can see maybe. A certain percentage of these uh, of these voters in the Labour heartlands going to the Brexit Party, uh, as you rightly said, they are headed up by Thatcherites. But it's it's more the brand. Right? The Conservative Party brand is deeply damaged in these areas, and it has been for generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the Brexit Party brand is quite new, and I, it might be something that people are willing to hold their nose to deliver Brexit if that's what they want. But I so so I can see maybe a certain percentage going to the Brexit Party, but I just I can't see these people who've hated the Conservative Party and for for some valid reasons for however many years mm-hmm. saying oh you know what we're going to give all of, all of that up and we're going to vote for them I just can't see it. We should we should probably look at the Lib Dems as well because they they've been quite interesting. Well, this is it being um, as we've mentioned. Exactly, and we're, we're going to be far more mature and inclusive than the TV broadcasters and include them in our debate, <laughs> even though there's not one in the room. Um, I mean, yeah, so you're saying so the Brexit party you're forecasting could be quite a disruptive force, but what about uh, the, the Lib Dems, exactly? Well, so, the party the, of Remain, yeah, demand well, better. Well, there you go. Well, this is, this is a lot of what we, we say. We, are, we have been... The Conservative Party's policy, at least on Brexit, has been almost single-handedly dictated by UKIP, and then the Brexit Party now. Joe, do you co-sign uh, that? Do you agree? Yes, yes, they're, yeah? they're, they are. They're, well, they're, they're, UKIP had wider policies, but essentially yeah. they, they have squeezed out kind of their outward, like kind of foreign kind of policy and their kind of domestic policy, and they are just squeezing it into Brexit. But they have some other policies. They, they announced they want to scrap HS2 and invest it in local rails. They want to re... Mm-hmm. build our high street and okay. stuff like that which is very kind of it's populist it's almost out of the salvini school of thought of big infrastructure projects rule and order law and order with like extra police um, does sound very familiar like, doesn't it um okay but back to back to the darling joe swinson who's going to save us all from the the clutches of a, of a hard tory brexit come on well this is it i mean we've as we just said i i think that it's been at least in the last two years our, our policy has been overly dictated by the threat of voters being shed to, mm-hmm. to the right, at least on Brexit. Um, but, 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 for, but, for, but, but the people in, 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 the, in CCHQ driving strategy, the Prime Minister, they, they, they seem not to have given much thought 
to, again, as I said, the 40% of conservatives who, who voted conservative in 2015, who then went on to vote Remain in 2016. And, I mean, if you look at the, the, the UKIP, for example, 2015, they got how many? 5 million votes and one seat. Um, whereas a lot of the, the conservative Remain vote that could potentially go to Lib Dems in places like St Albans, in places like Guildford, Winchester, Cheltenham, uh, they're much more marginal seats. Um, so, so I... There's of course the threat from the from the Brexit party and that side, but there's not enough thought given to the threat that will that, that 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 will happen if we go full on Brexit party, which mm -hmm. looks like we're going to do, um, and shed millions of more moderate uh, Remain voters um, that could swing a lot of seats in the southwest, uh, London and the southeast. I mean, Joe Swinson's very popular, isn't she, in Brussels, Joe? Um, I see Giva Hofstadt, a fan of the podcast, I believe, um, retweeting her yep. all the time. I mean. You know, she. They are. If you're, if you, if the election, if the, if the issue that's taking you to the polls on December twelfth in this election is Brexit, and you don't want it to happen, Joe Swinson is the patron saint, saint of stopping it, isn't she? So what she has suffered previously um, with basically nobody knew who she was when she took over the leadership. Her public profile was minuscule. She she only returned back in the twenty seventeen election mm -hmm. uh, after losing her seat, um, and. Obviously, the Lib Dems share a kind of they're part of the Liberal bloc in the European Parliament, so you're going to get lots of Giva Hofstadt kind of tweeting about them. But I think what's more interested is her hashtag debate her, which is kind of that's really helped raise her profile because she's now everywhere on social media. You've got kind of every side of the divide. You've got kind of feminists kind of supporting her. You've got the kind of anti-feminists saying how ridiculous this is that she feels entitled to. Uh, join the ITV There's debate another word that we'd use for anti-feminists. <laughs> what, what, what would we use, Becca? I mean, they're not necessarily the most polite words for this podcast, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> enemies of progress. Meninists. Meninists. It was, it was, it was the, the, first, the first word that popped to my head. Yeah, all right. Um, so her, her public profile is kind of now racing up, racing up. But what she does have is she has a really kind of strong kind of campaigning team behind her now. She had some really kind of knowledgeable campaigners in places like Luciana Berger, uh, Chukra Muna, Sam Gima, and the Lib Dems had to give them really kind of high-profile seats as a bit of a favour, because they, they, they see this as the start of the defectors, where they need to, if they can show that they can keep these defectors in, kind of, and keep them in Parliament, then they might see more kind of centre-minded uh, centrists returning, or coming, not returning, sorry, coming from Labour, coming from the Conservatives. So this is this is kind of seen as their stumbling block. And I, I so I went to London for some pretty high profile of them yesterday. Oh, is that what you were doing yesterday? Brussels. I didn't see many stories coming yeah. out of the Brussels Bureau. There was loads in the evening. <laughs> Go on, uh, so you were at lunch, very nice. Um, but and, um, we were speaking about, and I said, look, what happens after the election when you don't secure a majority to deliver Brexit and Brexit happens. What what where what happens to the Dems? They actually see themselves as the home for kind of remain voters in the future and these kind of pro European people who want to carry on the fight. Yeah, do you think that's a conducive strategy going forward in terms of winning enough seats to actually make it a reality in our system? It's gonna be tough. Um what, what what did they win in twenty ten? They won fifty seats off the top of my head around that? Yeah, roughly. And Vince Cable thinks they can do between 40 to 80 seats this year. So they aren't a kind of a fringe party like UKIP are, like the Green Party, 
so that they do have a slight foothold and they do have their own constituencies. I can't believe we've been talking about often... UKIP. You mean the Brexit party, surely? I mean, Brexit. UKIP what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Name UKIP, the leader. UKIP, Couldn't UKIP, even what? do that anymore. They... Um, well, Dick Brain. Yeah, got, uh, cause, yeah well, now, I wasn't going to. Yeah, fine. Dick um, <laughs> Brain. Right. Yeah, no, um, poor Richard. No, but um, as UKIP were in previous elections, you've got to remember this is the Brexit Party's first general election that they're fighting on. They've yeah. never fought on one before. Um, the European election is slightly different. Um, it opens its it opens its doors to kind of protest votes and always has done. So is it is it going to be conducive going forward? If they manage to say secure 20 seats, first past the post still doesn't favour them because that does kind of help tribal politics with Labour and Conservatives. But they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna still be around. I I I generally see that they will win seats where I don't think the Brexit Party kind of have a hope in hell of returning over ten seats. So what was interesting after the referendum is the Brexit Party kind of uh, well UKIP at the time disappeared. Nigel Farage disappeared because his one issue was over. So I I do think the Lib Dems have to kind of battle and become a multiple issue party again. They kind of fighting on one issue is going to be slightly dodgy for them yeah okay so jordan just um fast forward us to december the 13th what outcome do you want i'm trying to figure it out do you want i can't think who you want to win um, is it joe swinson is it labor uh, you want a second referendum and that's the labor manifesto I, i'm really confused well, well, i mean <laughs> i didn't want an election <laughs> i didn't want to be in the situation I mean, where I'm having to, all no, those of course. poor kids and those nativity players didn't want absolutely i mean they're, yeah they're their star turn is They're, the North Star or whatever, you know, and they, they yeah. Yeah, they, they they want their parents to be focusing on what presents they're going to get, yeah, and not quite. bloody oh, who are we going to vote for? The yeah, Conservatives exactly. Or but so, who do you Dems want to vote Labour. for? What present could I get you on the thirteenth of uh, <laughs> December? Uh, and I, I, oh god, um, you know if, the answer. If if the Conservative um, position, uh, if 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 35% of the vote, which guarantees a Conservative majority, will then therefore mean that we are. Um, out of Europe on this deal, mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't. I, 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 I mean, I don't. I don't think I need to say anything about that. I don't want a Conservative majority if that's what that means. Um, I, especially on thirty-five percent of the vote. Look, if there was a second referendum and this and this and this um, treaty deal, whatever you call it, was put to the public and it got a majority, totally different, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a, a, a clear deal that's been put to the public. Over fifty percent votes for it. Uh, we've got the clear deal now. Put to the public in a general election. Thirty-five percent people vote for it. Can't, I, I can't see how that's, um, that carries any kind of democratic So you don't want Brexit, so you it. want Joe Swinson? No, it's not that I don't want Brexit. I just um, I want it to be done in the right way, which, which, which can enable us to move forward and heal. I mean, if it, people always talk about how angry leavers are, and I totally understand that. But people don't seem to, to, to really acknowledge that the Remainers feel fairly angry as well. I mean, you see, <laughs> you yeah. see some fairly um, interesting read, comments. I've read the sarcastic on, signs on I mean, I, mean I, I, I see some... Uh, people on twitter being like anyone that votes for this deal should be put into prison for high treason it's like bro calm down um <laughs> so but the but the point is that we need to at least uh find a situation where we can start a process of national healing and if that's done on a 35 percent of the vote i mean remainers aren't going to be happy about that there's no way that we're going to be able to move forward who am i going to vote for um I, I don't want to revoke article 50 but i can't see the lib dems getting a majority um okay and I live in a very safe conservative Spartan seat, so it doesn't oh, really do. matter who I vote for anyway. Every vote matters, Jordan. That really is not the thrust of our podcast. Well, okay, would so you ever vote for the Labour Party? Uh, would I vote for the Labour Party under Corbyn right now? Um, no. I don't know who you've got is left. That, is, that, is that purely because of Corbyn? Because their kind of their manifesto seems to be the most kind of 
like-minded to yours where they're going to... Well, I mean, if you, if you look at the Brexit, people. then maybe, yeah. but this is a general election, right? It's not a second referendum, um, as much as I wish it was. But I, but I, I, I don't look at the Labour Party's manifesto and say, right, that's, that, that's a bit of me. <laughs> but it's, it's, the, the Labour Party, it's not just Corbyn, come, come back to your question. Um, it, it, seems like, it seems like there's more of an undercurrent of... Um, nastiness there but there's there's certainly an element of um of anti-semitism where a lot of people use the palestinian cause as uh, as cover for that so i i look at the labor party and i see what's going on in the grassroots i see um a party that seems fairly dysfunctional they try at the at the conference they try to remove the position of their deputy leader they're voting on policies that the shadow cabinet don't even support. Mm. So the abolishing private schools, and then people like Diane Abbott have to go out the next day, having sent her kid to a private school, and def- and, and and somehow wriggle out of answering it. It just seems like madness. It's um, madness. So I, I I don't look at the Labour Party and think right, that's 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 the only. Jordan, I just for. feel like you want to watch the world burn. I I, I don't want to. No, I, I I'm watch. I'm currently watching the world burn, and I'm despairing. I wish we could just go back to not talking about politics. People are sick to death of politics, not just Brexit. They don't want it to be the forefront of every part of their life. I just want a party that's fairly boring, fairly sensible, and doesn't have crazy policies. That's all I want. Okay, I think that sounds like the Lib Dems. Um, just <laughs> quickly, because this is Brexit, the final countdown, and we've done a great job of election, the final countdown, and maybe Jordan's actual breakdown. Uh, we just need to quickly talk about Brexit, um, because we're not going to extend the transition period in 2020. Liz Truss, Michael mm. Gove, um, they've been out this week. Joe, it'd be great for you to chime in here, telling us that there's no way we're extending it, which basically is yet another looming threat of a cliff edge and no deal. Um, and then we've had those pesky Europeans, haven't we, Joe? Uh, Barnier and Juncker really sort of throwing some shade our way. Uh, Juncker on German radio yesterday telling us that our election, actually echoing your sentiments, is not going to fix our problems. Um, and Barnier teasing us that we're going to have to have another extension to the transition period. Joe, would you just do a super quick wrap on where we are with Brexit before this becomes a 50-minute pod? Uh, okay, so extension uh, of the transition period. So the transition period where the e- UK stays under EU's single market and customs union rules, so basically we de facto inside the EU, um, ends in December 2020. So we basically, from the time we leave, which is currently January the 31st, have until December 2020 mm-hmm. to negotiate a trade deal while avoiding this no-deal kind of cliff edges, as people like to call it. So the government policy is they want to leave by December the 31st, December 2020. Michel Bernier yesterday, and he has not just yesterday, he's been saying this for a few months now, he doesn't believe that a free trade agreement is possible in that 11-month period. So what he says is, Boris Johnson or the Prime Minister at the time will have a Joe's moment Winston. of truth. Joe, it could be Joe Swinton. Um, will have a moment of truth in the summer of 2020 where they have to decide, do you want to extend that transition period? The transition period can be extended in a one-off time for either one or two years. Mm-hmm. So basically, the government and Boris Johnson is trying to push, actually saying, look, we're going to leave as early as possible, um, which would be now January the 31st, then we're going to leave the transition period as early as possible. We're going to have that, that deal in place, but Michel Barnier doesn't think it's possible. Jordan, and is that, down to I was going to say, Jordan, is our closest thing to a Tory in the room? Mm. Um, do you think that's going to play well with the Tory base as we approach? I mean, what's the Tory base right now? I mean, uh, if, if not you, if, if, if this babe. is the point, right? Uh, 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 with the traditional Tory base, no, it wouldn't play well. Um, but with the with the current base that they're going for, or at least the ERG type base, then I. I guess so, but I, I, I just despair. I, I, I can't. Um, th- th- they promised that the MPs at least would get a vote 
on the on whether or not we extend the transition period when the time comes mm. um and now they're saying no we'll get a free trade deal done in the next seven eight nine months and if we don't uh it will extend uh i i fear that it might actually um play fairly well with uh some of the people in the base yeah yeah and Joe, just um, what what's um, Juncker been saying on German radio? They were just so spicy. Jean Claude Juncker on. I never know how to put it. Is it just ARD? I was going to say ARD, ARD or ARD, yeah. Um, uh, whichever one we're going to call it, he has basically said that this isn't a second Brexit referendum. It's a general election, and Britain has bigger problems other than Brexit. And UK politicians have used Brexit to cover up those problems while they've become worse. Yeah. Um, Jordan is nodding I'm a big old sure nod. That's the, same, the same, that's the same page that Jordan's on very much. Yeah. Um, and he's also he's also kind of over the last few days and months he's been kind of aiming at Boris and calling him a bit of a liar. And there was quite an interesting thing. He was basically suggesting that British politics or British voters should not fall for Boris Johnson's British propaganda. And then he went on to say, "Look, Boris Johnson promised that we were going to leave on October the 31st." and it hasn't happened, what's he going to say next, and can we believe it? Mm. So it's quite scathing for a, for a chap that's always kind of said, I will not involve myself in people's domestic politics, especially um, through times like general elections, and he deliberately stood out of the kind of, he didn't take part in the 2016 referendum, which he said was a mistake, because he would have liked to have counted some of the yeah. lies, as he calls them. So it's a pretty scathing outlook from the outgoing European Commission president. Yeah, we would expect nothing less. Um, okay, chaps, that was that was epic. You are a complicated character, Jordan Burns. You've got a lot of soul searching. I do. Tricky to British politics. So does British politics. Tricky to identify as a conservative, yet not want them to win the election, nor want them to deliver on their kind of key manifesto promise. But that's all for you to figure out in your own sweet time. You're very young. You've got a lifetime ahead of you. Thank you so much for being with us. That was really fun. Really interesting. Joe, thank you for making time for us in between all those lunches. Always pleasure. Never going to get over that one. That's the job you want to do. You want to become a management consultant, which is what he's threatening to do in the lift. You want to lunch with Brussels. You want to go become a yeah. It's heavenly. He has, Joe has a great life. Um, I will, we will reconvene this time next week. Joe, look after yourself and Jordan. Thank you. Well done for making it to the end of an episode of Brexit, The Final Countdown. If you're still enjoying The Countdown, you can subscribe for free. And if you're really enjoying The Countdown, you can also leave us a review.